Son, we're looking for the maniac. Have you seen this man? <gasps> it's the maniac! Take him away! Take him away! Calm down, son. It's just a drawing, not the real thing. Now we're gonna show you this picture again, and you tell us if you've seen this guy, understand? Yeah, uh-huh. Okay. <gasps> Horrible! Stay indoors, son. And uh, take that cone off your head. <laughs> Welcome to SpongeBob Binge Pants, Nickelodeon's official podcast about all things SpongeBob. I'm Hector Navarro. And I'm Frankie Grande. Frankie, I'm extremely excited. We are having, for the first time ever, a special guest on with us today to discuss and dissect this episode. Uh, we have with us a storyboard artist on SpongeBob SquarePants working currently on the show to this day and has been on the show since season three. Ted Secco is joining us today. Ted, thank you so much for being here, man. Uh, well, well, thank you guys for having me on. This is this is great. It's a great pleasure, and I'm very excited about it. We usually do this just the two of us, so I am so excited that we have somebody else who actually works on the show to see if anything that we're saying rings true at all. Because Ted, usually Hector and I are just you know spouting conspiracy <laughs> theories, and it's all true. It's <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> Before we dive in, Ted, can you let the audience know a little bit about yourself? Uh, if you can recall the first. SpongeBob episode you worked on and sort of what you do, what your role is on the shows today. Okay, well, um, I started uh, season three. I believe the episode, it was the Strangler episode. Um, I started as a revision artist and uh, I was on only for six months. Uh, at the time, I thought that's kind of just where I was basically coming on to finish up the, the show. Um, I didn't know it was going to continue. But then after that six months, then I went back and I was planning on going back to be a physical therapy assistant. You know, I was going back to school and kind of getting ready. Whoa. <laughs> and then I got another call. You know, uh, Sherm Cohen, he, he's on the show. And he was somebody that I worked on a previous show called Hey Arnold. I was on Hey Arnold for about three and a half years. But then uh, Sherm contacted me. And he said they were doing the movie, the first SpongeBob movie, and they needed a revision artist. And so I said, sure. <laughs> so then I, I put the physical therapy assistant thing on hold and I went back. And boy, from that first movie, it just kept going. You know, we did the first movie. And then after the first movie, they were starting up the series again, season four. And we just kept going. I want to give a quick recap in case people are listening and they don't recall what happens in the episode. This is a quick summary of Hall Monitor. Mrs. Puff's boating school picks SpongeBob as this week's Hall Monitor, but what are the consequences of what Mrs. Puff has just done? Will SpongeBob let the power of being a Hall Monitor go to his head? Will Bikini Bottom survive the newly escaped maniac? And how is SpongeBob connected to this new threat? SpongeBob is the maniac, obviously. He becomes the maniac. SpongeBob! It's Jimmy. Jimmy's the hall monitor. Mrs. Puff, I've done it already. Oh, Phil? No way, Mrs. Puff. Uh, Tina, you're the hall monitor. Hey, I've done it three times already. B uh, B Beth, she graduated. Henry, 
Vera? Clayton? All right. I guess I have no choice. The hall monitor of the day is... Oh, SpongeBob. Let's get into this first episode of Hall Monitor. Like, again, we are dealing with, you know, the founding episodes of SpongeBob SquarePants. You know, we've talked about the fact that we're meeting all these new characters and these new tropes. We have met Mrs. Puff before. This is the second time that she appears on the series Mm -hmm. so far. Um, And again, we are set in this school and it is just, it is laughs from the moment it starts. Ted, do you have a funniest favorite moment from this episode that you can point to? Har har har, funniest moment. The thing that stood out for me was it reminded me how things happen that you don't expect. There was a lot of that. There were a lot of like surprise reveals. Sometimes we can watch a show like that and it reminds us how effective the unexpected can be. And I work on the plussing crew, which is we get a gag and they would try to plus it if we can. There are so many times I watch this episode and something happened that I was like, wow, I would not have seen that coming ever. A lot of left turns in this one. Exactly. That's perfect. Exactly. Best way to say it. Yeah. I mean, from the, from the very beginning, you know, we have Mrs. Puff and she just scrolls down to the bottom of that list. And she's like, the only person who hasn't been hall monitor is SpongeBob. And just mm-hmm. the dread and watching her sweat and try to name every single other person in the class. <laughs> yep. I think my favorite moment actually probably comes like later when SpongeBob decides as the hall monitor to jump into that lovely couple's house who are eating dinner to, <laughs> oh, yeah. to show them the dangers by example of leaving your window open and yeah. comes in as like with like a robber's mask on it's so funny <laughs> uh-oh an open window more seaweed medley dear the fools they've left themselves susceptible to danger i must show them the error of their ways through example I'm the open window maniac! I hope you learned a valuable lesson! This episode is a great example of like the Will Ferrell Ron Burgundy meme where it's like boy that escalated quickly because this episode just escalates and escalates it like I'm watching this and I'm like boy this little sponge has really become a maniac in the, in Bikini Bottom. To what Ted is talking about and to what you're talking about, Frankie, is the unexpected moments is even when Mrs. Puff is reading these names, I think a thing that is even that just adds to that funniness is like she's she's going through the list and then she goes, oh, no, it's SpongeBob. And then SpongeBob in his desk just like yep. scrapes so out funny. without moving. That's a great scene. You know, without moving, and he's in his desk, and he looks all lovely. And he comes up, and it's terrifying. It's really scary. It's the exorcist. Like, it's the the kid being drawn to the wall in the exorcist. It's so funny. It it feels almost like the the, um, animators and storytellers knew it was a little scary, so when they end with SpongeBob scraping the desk and kind of bumping into Mrs. Puff, they add a squeak (laughs) sound effect, so it's cuter. So it's like, (laughs) weep, 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 you know, as opposed to, like, terror. I would love to ask Ted, as a storyboard artist, revisionist, 
everything that you've done on the show, working on it currently, was there any moments that jumped out of Hall Monitor where you were like, oh, I would like to see that board, or that was boarded really well? Just something from the storyboard perspective where you were like, this is fantastic. You worded it perfectly, because what you said was, it seems very creepy, but then... The punchline at the end, it's funny because he's bouncing, like he's he's kind of bouncing against it, right? As he's so close, he just keeps going, bonk, bonk, bonk. And that's like the perfect gag because you, you're you going mm. along with it. It creates this mood. You have these certain expectations, but then right at the punchline, it gives you that twist where it's funny, you know? And that when you can do that with humor, when you can give it kind of... Uh, an unexpected turn, you, you you switch one thing to another and you don't see that, that gives that humor a lot of uh, richness. I saw that. I thought that was just fantastic. And right when I said that's at the very beginning. <laughs> so that sets everything up. You're, yeah. you know, once you get that gag, it's like it. you're ready to, to just enjoy the whole thing. And as artists, we do look at old drawings. We look at the past drawings. One artist, Adam Poloian, he came on uh, during the uh, second movie, and he was on for some seasons, and I, uh, I was chatting with him one day, and I said, you know, I still look at your drawings, and he brought so much to the show, and everybody did. I mean, Derek Dryman, I mean, obviously wow. Steve Hellenberg, like so many artists bring so much to the show. We always look back, and that wow. episode's a perfect example of something to look back to, and you go by the cubicles, and you'll see all of mm-hmm. these drawings that we have on our cubicle walls that we use because really the life of SpongeBob is in all of the drawings that all the, these artists have have contributed. So in answer to your question, I look at the whole episode. <laughs> it's a great episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and it is so crazy to me also that like you we're talking about the setup, right? Which is in the beginning, but it gets even crazier. Like it yeah. escalates so quickly. Once SpongeBob is given that hall monitor hat and little belt, then he has then he is full mall cop syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> it is a cautionary tale about getting a teeny bit of power and then letting it get directly to your head and trying to change everything. Have Ted, have you let the power get to your head? You are a <laughs> yes. veteran SpongeBob artist and you work with a team have you let any of that power get to your head man dude i'll tell you i am not a good artist (laughs) you know i feel like i mean i work hard Uh, i think that's how i make up for it but when i first started working in animation um i was on hey arnold uh derek dryman kind of brought me in and derek dryman was a big part of spongebob initially also and i remember when he told me about getting into animation at the time i was drawing comic books and he said oh you ever think about animation and for me animation was like this kind of like a dream world like it was magic (laughs) I, i couldn't imagine doing that you know but then he's the one thing he told me The one thing he told me that got me to get the courage to pursue it was he said, if you get into animation, that's one of the best places that you can be to learn to be a better artist. And then I thought to myself, well, I could wrap my head around learning, being a student. I might not be a good artist, but I can wrap my head around learning and and trying to improve. The city, you should be ashamed of yourself. You know this guy? Of course I do. I'm the one who gave him the uniform in the first place. He's my responsibility. Uh Uh-oh. 
And in conclusion, students, red means stop, green means go. And SpongeBob. Yes, Mrs. Puff. I'd like to see you after class. Six months from now. Okay, so Jellyfish Jam, a normal day in SpongeBob's world, starts with him in the jellyfishing fields, as always, and we see him incredibly good at jellyfishing. He's in full camouflage, and he is the best jellyfisher in the ocean. But when a sweet little jellyfish follows SpongeBob home, our hero's world gets turned upside down. Apparently, jellyfish love to dance, like me, and, <laughs> and they like it a lot. And when Squidward gets involved to tell these partying jellyfish to keep it down, things just get worse for Squidward as usual. Hey, Squidward! Squidward! Squidwardier! Squidward, look at my new pet! That's no pet. That's a wild animal. No, he isn't. Watch this. Fetch! How many fingers am I holding up? Play dead. I wouldn't let that thing in my house even if it was potty trained. I didn't need to see that. Well, we're going to my house to have a little fun. Hector, Ted, what <laughs> did you think of this wacky, <laughs> wacky, fun Jellyfish Jam episode? The first thing that I picked up on, knowing we're going to talk to Ted, knowing we're going to talk to a storyboard artist, is I thought this episode must have been so much fun to storyboard. And there's a lot of great moments where it kind of breaks the mold and it's just the dancing close-ups and it is impossible to not love that song because that song is fantastic yep. i looked it up it's apparently it's called stadium rave and oh, i'm it's like a real song i i don't know if it was created for spongebob or just if stadiums since spongebob have used it in their games because if wow. i ran a stadium for a professional sports team i would play that song at every inning break, at every halftime. It's such a good song. Anyway, that was my biggest takeaway was the song was great and the dancing stuff was so much fun. Ted, what was uh, what was something that that really stood out to you rewatching Jellyfish Jam? I guess from you know storyboard and revision standpoint, the part at the end where the jellyfish become these big swirling, like a monster, spinning all over the place and causing havoc. I think that's that was what I kind of noticed. Like, oh gee, that's a lot of work. <laughs> we got to draw all those jellyfish. <laughs> I have had many a night like SpongeBob in Jellyfish Jam. I was famous in uh, for in New York City for having these big parties and then going to sleep in the middle of them. <laughs> oh, okay, time to go to bed. Exactly. And I would just leave like, and I'd yeah. be like, "Good night, everybody. See you in the Good morning." Night. And they would keep going. So Jellyfish Jam, I relate. It's time for. Free. 
Professor Frankie, can you milk a jellyfish like that? Is that a real thing? Because in the show, it looks delicious. I would love to have a sandwich with some jellyfish jam. It looks so good. Yeah, no, if you did that, you would get stung pretty badly because those <laughs> those those tentacles that they have are actually filled with nematocysts, which are like little harpoons. We've talked about that earlier on the show. Wow. And they will, you know, they will really get you. And the jellyfish that's inside of a jelly doesn't actually come out. It's just, it's like one big membrane. So you would just kind of like, you kind of like, if you were to squeeze it, you'd just kind of poke your thumb through it. And then that's <laughs> oh, it. Huh. it. Nothing would leak out. It would just kind of be there. Um, yeah. So it's, it's no. <laughs> what is that? What is that jelly? Is that like part of like their intestines or is it just kind of a fluid that it's, takes yeah, space? Tissue. Yeah. It's so, tissue. Yeah. They don't have, uh, or, you know, organs like, like we do, you know, like they don't, so everything is absorbed through osmosis. So they're really just wow. kind of like trying to, they shove the food inside of them and then everything yep. just digests and then it distributes throughout their body. So it's not really like a traditional stomach. Whoa. They're cool creatures. Har, har, har. Funniest moment. My favorite moment period from this episode was SpongeBob. Can you play your clarinet a little bit? <laughs> Better, better, because <laughs> you know you—it's such a good setup. Like you know, it's like yeah. a little bit softer. Like I was ready for him to say softer, and he just said a little softer, better. And then he goes, "Okay, SpongeBob, I'll do it better." And then SpongeBob naively turns to the jellyfish, and he goes, "Okay, he says he's gonna play it better." Like yep. <laughs> such a good moment. Squidward, would it be possible to play your clarinet a little better? I don't think the jellyfish like it. The jellyfish don't like... What? Why, sure, pal. I can play better. Okay, he said he'll play better. I, w I wanted to point out, too, there was a gag uh, a little bit after that that I felt like, ooh, this had to have been a really funny storyboard artist that did, that did this, where the jellyfish are swimming around broken and on fire squidward's clarinet like the jellyfish yes! are celebrating and it's a quick <laughs> little cut to and i was like that's so mean and so funny that mm -hmm. to me felt like a gag that the storyboard crew dropped that in there after you know in the process um ted do you have any insight on that little moment or on the episode as a whole that first season everything is clear like like you you mentioned mrs puff yep. all of these things that kind of humor that's kind of unexpected you know you think one thing and then it turns into something else all that was was set up by steve hillenberg and derek and all these guys the characters that were set up back then are so strong that it just kind of continued. Yeah. I, yeah. I feel like these first 10 episodes were like the 10 commandments of the SpongeBob universe. <laughs> yeah. And then they just kind of like, they were so good. They were set in stone. And then it was just like, let's keep doing that or a version yeah. of that, but let's not change that forever. Wow. Mm -hmm. It's a good way to put yep. it. Yeah. Totally unexpected. Totally unexpected. The problem also feels unexpected because you start watching this episode and you don't think that this little jellyfish, who is a wild animal in the world of SpongeBob, is going to be interested in having a rave, like a midnight <laughs> rave. Like, I didn't, I didn't think it was going to go there. Because remember, that joke comes from a setup where Squidward is like, only SpongeBob would be able to have fun with a jellyfish. Yep. Like, what are they going to do? And it cuts right to the dance you know, the club, the, yep. the, that whole thing. And it's so unexpected. So since the problem feels unexpected, it the makes sense that the solution is unexpected. Yeah, yes, exactly. Absolutely. So. Well said. 
Ted, thank you so much for joining us today, talking about these two episodes. This has been so much fun, and it was so cool to get to talk to you and for you to share your insights and and the perspective of working on the shows today, but then being able to look back and how often you guys look back and look at everybody else's drawings. It was just so super cool. Thank you guys for having me on. I, I really appreciate it. It's great meeting both of you. And it makes me feel really good inside that, that people enjoy the stuff that we're doing because we work really hard, all of us, the whole crew, and we don't really get a lot of feedback all the time, you know? Uh, we're just kind of going, do, going, getting our job and trying to do it right. So it, it's very, it feels very good. So I really appreciate you guys having me on your show. It's a great show and I love your action figures, dude. And your hair is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you have a fantastic rest of your day. Be sure to stay tuned for more episodes of SpongeBob Binge Pants, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye, guys.